five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And I expect I'll be up in Minneapolis about the time this airs, hopefully, and have fun seeing you all. I sent you, I even, oh, my hands are sore. I cut and pasted all that. I tried to hire a robot, but the robot quit after 40 messages, and I had to send about five or 600. So if you got one, it was hand-pasted by me. No robots involved, just so you know. Anyway, on that note, let's get over and learn the difference between junk mail and direct mail. Josh at work. With any luck, these direct mail, <laughs> this direct mail will increase my customer base. Yeah, and that's not really the way we do it. You know, we don't just glue them together. We actually do them in automated and high-tech ways. But anyway, later at home, he says, look at all this junk mail. What a waste of trees. Yeah, especially the way I do it. You know, millions at a time. Anyway, <clears throat> so direct mail is what you send as a marketer. Junk mail is what you receive as a consumer. But before you get too down on junk mail, I want you to think of it this way. What else in your life can you throw away with impunity, right? It's empowering. You can look at the junk mail and you can say, I'm never going to use this again, right in the trash. And you don't even have to feel guilty. You don't ever have to worry about it because if you need that information, it will come again. We always come again. <laughs> it's great. So don't be so down on the term. You know, I went to Dublin and cute little airbnb and on the door over the mail plate it said in polished brass no junk mail so we've made the big time internationally and on brass plates okay let's go over here to this one what's this one about oh yeah exploring dynamic direct mail marketing trends and strategies quite a mouthful it was a one hour special that i registered for and the uh, but the replay was only up for a few minutes and uh, or a day, and whenever I tried to get back there, I couldn't. So I didn't watch it myself, but I was interested in the compilation here. And um, basically, it seems to be a lot of the same. Video is everything, and of course, we all know that because I have 800-plus videos on YouTube and, uh, you know, a whole lot of views. Niche audiences are on the rise. Yes, my audience is the ultimate niche. <laughs> one or two views a day and lots of comments. So if you're one of my niche, God bless you. It's so nice of you to be there. Uh, connecting on a local level. That's why we're going to Minneapolis. See, we're doing all of that stuff. So anyway, print is still powerful. Uh, consumers can use QR codes. And this is from, um, let's see, this is from, I'm not doing so well here. This is from Harder. Oh, Lily Harder. <laughs> Should have highlighted that one. This is from Lily Harder, former senior director of marketing strategy at Compare Media. So I don't know what she's doing now, but she was that. And so she gave a, looks like a long talk. Um said print was still powerful so there she is and um what i really wanted to watch for <laughs> and this is cindy greenglass who 
also did stuff. But what the really the, the one I wanted to hear was Mike Gunderson, who's actually doing it. And from what I hear from his agency people, which I talk to every now and then, whom I talk to every now and then, they're getting a lot of calls out there in San Francisco for how do we make our marketing more scalable? And the answer ain't digital. That, and it isn't necessarily personalization, is it either? It's let's do something effective and cost efficient with engagement. With better targeting and good messaging, we're seeing a better response without using a long letter format. He says postcards are winning, but there's a lot of other packages available that are working. And so Mike, who I wanted to hear the most from, looks like said the least. Oh, well, good for you, Mike. The entire article is available at WDMA.org. If you subscribe every day, the show notes, subscribing is free. Every day, the show notes are on there uh, in the members only. Now, we also do a podcast, you know, and Google seems to pick and choose, and I have no idea how they pick. But the podcast is also available at WDMA.org every day, all the compiled listings and I cut out some of the commercials and some of the stuff, you know, about where we're going to be next and all that. So if you want to go fast, subscribe to the podcast on Google or Apple, but also you can go to the WDMA and you can play it at double speed, which means I never go more than 10 minutes. Okay, here's an interesting, this is an interesting marketing adventure. Oatly is a $15 billion oat milk company in the UK principally, and just to show you how up and up I am on the trends, I had oat milk on my cereal today, this morning, because I'm vegan right at the moment, and you can <laughs> take that for whatever you it's worth. But anyway, so but Oakley is is uh, suing Glebby Farms in the UK because they use the word oaty, and they also use the term shake me next to the to the cap to get people to shake the Anyway, I'm not sure they can win that one. I'm not even sure they can win this one unless they have, you know, violated this trademark uh, high-quality artwork, which I doubt. So those OD has is a word that I think has been around for at least a couple of hundred years. That OD flavor, I think it's been used on, uh, in advertising all over the place. Um because it does sound like a nice word. So I'm not sure they can win that one either. But um, an ideal for professional coffee, that I don't know if they stole that or what. That, but again, it doesn't sound trademarkable. So when you trade, but when you trademark things, you have to know that your trademark has to be defended. If you just don't bother, then maybe it wasn't really that important to you. It's a little bit like um, squatters. <laughs> you have to go roast them out or else they have um, they have squatters rights <laughs> if you leave them there too long. Okay, now, in defense of Oatly, this Glebby Farms named their oat milk, their, oat, their milk substitute made from oat, they named it Pure Oaty, whereas... Their other brand, their their other their other types of fake milk are called almond, just almond alone, or soy, just alone, almond milk or soy milk. But this one's called pure oaty milk. So it may be a violation. It's up for the courts. But 
I think that this author, let's see who the author is, Sean Biglione, I would guess. Sean Biglione says they should have been a little more creative about it. You know, they should have said, okay, put the shake me down at the bottom of the bottom of the thing and make sure that you it looks you know and call it oat milk instead of oatly and we'll let you alone but we'll give you some play because we want the oat milk category to go at to get bigger and i think that that is something that oatly really missed oatly missed because they basically positioned themselves as david versus goliath uh, them being David, and here they are, a $15 billion company going after some little farm that's just squeezing those poor little oat flakes to death to get a little milk out of them. I think that's how they make it. I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, they should have had a little more fun. Give a hat tip to Glebby Farms and maybe even look for creative ways to reduce the legal fees by just saying let's agree to change it up a bit. We'll even give you some free publicity. We'll shake hands and we'll enjoy uh, milking the oats and the, and the almonds and the soybeans for all they're worth. Anyway, I thought that was an excellent suggestion. Okay, how about direct mail envelope fund? This is from my friend Summer Gould. We've never met because I don't have, I think she's in Ohio. We don't, we never have, we haven't had one meetup in Ohio since I spoke at the Mm-mm-mm-mm. Was it Cincinnati Direct Marketing Club? Might have been Cleveland. I get them mixed up. It was down by the river, down that, and the GPS didn't realize I was going over the bridge, and the meeting was directly below me. But anyway, we worked it out, and I got there. Okay. The cheapest and easiest thing to do is use color stock envelopes rather than white stock. What a great idea! Why send a boring envelope when you can create something special? There's so many options, it can it can make your head spin. Okay, so you can do pink or blue or pastel or dayglow orange. We're working on a project that I may or may not talk to you about. And it's about, it's, you know, blaze orange white for whitetail.com. And we got a cutout for the, for the, for the imprint and you notice QR code right there. We're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. So have some fun. You can also do plastic. You can do some other textures. You can do pearl essence. If you have a beach image on the cover, you can put a grit coating on there. That might be interesting. I don't know. And uh, if you have a rubber ball, make it feel like a basketball. Have a see-through. You can have big windows now where your address goes and it also gives you an idea of some of the creative. But Scratch off, pull tab. Here's the big bottom line. Your creative needs to drive an increase in your response rates, not just look pretty. How do you know? Well, you got to have, you got to send out some of the old creative. That's called the test, the control. Send some of those out and send some with the other color. It's hard to get a color of an envelope to really have enough impact to be test worthy. Just saying. If you're mailing a couple of thousand or like that guy who's just putting them together on his desk that I just showed, probably not going to work. Not going to have a significant variation. Okay? But if you're mailing tens of millions of them and you haven't got anything better to test, try testing envelope, color, texture, etc. 
And lastly, I want to talk about QR codes because this is in Forbes magazine from Jay Bean. And Forbes, you know, I always think that's pretty important. So to start it off, I want you to try. Here's my phone. Let's see if I can get this to work. I hit my camera and I go over here to the QR code. Let's see. And there it is. Guess where it goes? I don't know if you can see this, but you're going to. It goes to WDMA. And it's the page that helps you join. So you can join the WDMA by going there. Now, I'm also going up to Minneapolis this week. And instead of loading my car full of business cards, I'm going to be doing a little um, meetup. And I have a join WDMA QR code right here on my phone. So I can go to everybody face to face. <laughs> this is going to make you want to not come. While you're enjoying a couple of beers, it's 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 by your own. <laughs> We're a low overhead operation. And now I've put it on my phone nice and big so your phone can go right to the Join WDMA. And I came up with that idea a couple of weeks ago because my, my style consultant loves to go to watch MMA fights. And she was thinking that she could invite people to the gym and hand out business cards. I said, ah, nobody pays any attention to business cards. Why don't you do a QR code that takes them right to the scheduler so they can schedule an appointment to come visit? And I built one for her and sent it to her just like that. Just sent this to her so I'd know where to find it. That's what I do with my style consultant. So I hope you've tried that. Oops. I hope you've tried that QR code. And that you'll go over there and at least subscribe so that you can get the show notes, as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> and you can also see the podcasts, right? So a quick response. I didn't know that that's what QR stood for. A quick response QR code, right? Quick response is a type of barcode that any smartphone user can use. And since 2017, there, the capability is embedded right in our phone. And I noticed on my new Google Pixel phone that it actually tells you where the link is and it doesn't just goof around with you because my last Motorola phone would ask me, it, it, it puts up two icons. It doesn't say what the icons are. One takes you there and one, I don't know what the other one does. It like saves it or something. I don't want to save it. I, the point of the QR code is to take me someplace. This one, the new Pixel, takes me right. Oops, takes me right there, and it uh, not only takes me there, but it shows me where I'm going beforehand. So you might want to use, like when I first built this QR code back here, this one I built, and it had a bitly compression to keep it nice and short, but it was already short. And so I would rather have it tell you exactly where you're going, tell you you're going to the WDMA.org join page. That's good. Make it show up on my phone that way. Don't give me something confusing because then I'll get suspicious and say, what's he really trying to do? What kind of phishing link is this? No, it's not a phishing link. It goes right to the WDMA. And if you get this article with the show notes, you can have the QR code at no extra charge. And I hope you'll join and, and encourage our, our daily efforts to promote direct mail and other things. Here's a line I loved. Some consumers still like to receive flyers and direct mail. Some? You know who the number one consumer is that likes to receive that stuff? The millennials. Because you know what? They're sick of digital. <laughs> and you can still get them to, on digital. And there's a lot of things you can do besides what I just showed you. 
keep a QR code on your phone for quick reviews. So you could have your you could have your waitresses when you're waiting, you know, and somebody says, This is the best this is the best vegan burger I ever ate. It's an oxymoron. I went to a local restaurant and for vegan burgers and they burned them. And I finally, after a couple of complaints, I got the manager out there. I said, you know, I've had these before. They were the Impossible Burgers, and they're really good. Why did you wreck them like this? And he said, well, the owners of the restaurant got so many complaints that we had mixed up the burgers because the Impossible Burger looks and tastes so much like a burger that we decided to give them what they wanted and just burn it. <laughs> got to give the customers what you want. But... When you burn them successfully, have that QR code ready with the waitress and say, here, you can go here and you can put a little review up. And because it goes with your phone, you can do a talk to text and you don't even have to type anything. How cool is that? Okay, you can give out swag. Swag, I think of swag as wearables myself. So you probably aren't giving that. But if you want to put a refrigerator magnet or something, have a QR code so that when your water heater bursts, like mine did last week, <laughs> you can... Quickly scan the QR code while the basement is flooding. No, instead you dive down the stairs as fast as you can, which isn't so fast for me anymore. But I did go right to the right shutoff valve, and that was the thing to do. Don't QR code your way to fix plumbing. QR code it after that. After that, you can go to get the plumber once you shut the main valve off. So there's a lot of uses, and we're coming up with some uses that you won't even believe. And we're writing the patent right now. For QR code, direct mail, synergy. So, if you if you think there's still some still some consumers out here there who still like to receive flyers and direct mail, I'm surprised they didn't just call it junk mail. Then you can get in on the bandwagon. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. <laughs>